Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm Wildcat Authority Senior Editor Jason Shear, And uh, another Friday, another mailbag edition, going to be answering some of the readers' questions from Wildcat Authority. If I don't get to your question, make sure I answer it on the board. Email me at jasonshear at gmail.com. Also make sure when you're done listening to this podcast to get your reviews in on Apple, uh, on iTunes. Make sure you get your reviews in, uh, hopefully they're good reviews, <laughs> on uh, about this podcast. We're trying to get our reviews up and, and kind of get going there. So make sure to do me a huge favor and, and get that going um, as well. But we'll uh, we'll jump right into it. Um, obviously, the biggest topic is whether or not there's going to be sports. So the first two questions from Cats23 and Phenom5 uh, kind of jumps into that. How hopeful are we about any sports the rest of 2020? Um you know, fall sports, spring sports in 2021, wherever it may be. Um, I, I would say that right now for football, uh, you know, it, it's 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 hard to answer for basketball because it's so far from now. Um, you know, the uh, this stuff is changing daily, weekly, definitely monthly. Um, and basketball isn't scheduled to start for a few months. It's almost impossible to figure out what the country is going to look like with COVID um, it, when basketball season starts. So, um, everyone's kind of focusing on football right now. I know that there's some rumor of kind of pushing up basketball and, and are allowing for um, some kind of arrangement where, you know, give some flexibility if anything happens. And obviously it's not like football where you have 12 games where you could just play 10 conference games and it's okay. Um, in basketball, a lot of what is determined with the NCAA tournament is based on your out-of-conference schedule and all that. So I think it's less realistic that you cancel out of conference games for basketball. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be really difficult to hold an NCAA tournament, choose teams, etc. Um, just going off conference games. And it's going to be really difficult to do that, especially for the smaller conferences. Um, with that being said for football, I would say that as of today, Friday at 1223 in the afternoon, I'm not optimistic about a season. Um, the NCAA released their guidelines uh, they're kind of setting it up as an excuse for there not to be a season. I, I don't want to use the word excuse, but um, it, it's just it's very difficult for these schools to do the amount of testing. The fact that even if someone doesn't test positive, if they were um, in close contact with someone without a mask that does test positive, they have to be quarantined for 14 days. Uh, you're talking two games at least in that scenario. Um, it, it's kind of it, it's just hard to see especially in the Pac-12, California, Arizona, um, you know, states like that, Utah, where the cases are rising instead of lowering. Um, could that be different in two weeks? I suppose. I, I think we'll find out here pretty shortly. My guess is in the next week, week and a half, we'll see what they're going to do. Um, if I had a guess, I think they move towards the spring. But I will say I don't think a spring is a guarantee because of the NFL stuff. I think there's a pushback on that. Um, I, I think almost that it's a 50-50 possibility 
between having football in the spring and just flat out canceling college football um, this season as a whole. So we'll uh, we'll find out. But um, it, it's just it, it feels like it changes daily. But it's to me at least it's trending in the wrong direction, and I think conference commissioners um, are are starting to kind of hint at that. Um, next question: AZ buys anything we can do to help Mike get his own non-singing sports radio show? Um, I I have confidence uh, that Mike will will be okay in this situation. He's a talented guy. Um, he belongs on the radio. Um, you know, it, it, you could see him. You know, shortly. Um, but uh, I'm a confident as for his singing. Um, I, I think he's gotten a wake up call that not a lot of people like his singing. So instead we were discussing about a show that he dedicates only to Crete, Nebraska, just an hour about Crete, Nebraska, what's going on, news, history, etc. So it's between that and singing. So if you guys have a choice, uh, let Mike know on Twitter, iron Mike Luke, and just let him know what, what you want him to do. It's between a, a singing show or a show about Crete, Nebraska and Dana Altman. So um, lots of options. Um, next one. Does the U of A already have a plan in place to ensure out-of-country players will have the needed in-person classes to ensure a visa? Believe it or not, even though that question was asked a week ago, it's already outdated. Um, the administration dropped that whole situation. It is a non-issue now. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy to get out-of-country players into the United States, uh, international players into the United States because of everything going on. It is a process that Arizona is working on daily. Um, but the good thing is the whole thing about taking classes and all that is, is a moot point. Um, that's been dropped. Uh, next question comes from main event one. Who's the most overrated player to ever play for Arizona? Man, ever. That's that's a tough question. <laughs> there's, I mean, look, there's been guys where they haven't worked out. I mean, Josiah Turner is one where, you know, he was highly rated and, and he didn't work out. Um, Usafa Shakur had the nickname by some as being the golden child. Uh, he wasn't as bad, I think, as people probably make him out to be. I, I was, I'm not a big Shakur fan, um, but he probably wasn't as bad as people make him out to me. But he also wasn't, you know, the golden child as as uh, his nickname was at the time. Um, you know, it, it, like I mentioned, there's guys like Josiah that, uh, you know, were ranked 11th in the nation by 24-7 at the time where, you know, maybe they would have worked out. Um, you know, had they had a situation where, uh, you know, he didn't get in trouble and he had his head on straight. Um, there's guys like Grant Jarrett, you know, top 10 player in the country, didn't work out at Arizona, left after a year. Who knows what his career would have looked like had he stayed um, at Arizona and, and developed and, and kind of wanted to be coached. So, I mean, you know, there's guys like that where um, I hate saying they're overrated because it's kind of, you know, admitting a mistake, but uh, a lot of that you, you kind of you can't really tell. I mean, you don't really know. Like Grant Jarrett is a talented guy. We didn't know that when he would go to college, he just wouldn't respond to coaching. You know, you you just sometimes you don't get that. You could see a motor, you could see talent, etc. But when the going gets tough, are are these guys going to, you know, respond to the coaching? Uh, are are they going to be able to take the criticism and and things like that? And you know, sometimes they they do, and and sometimes they don't, and uh, a lot of times they don't, and, and so we call them overrated. Um, you know, when when the reality is, it, it's 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 hard to predict. Um, it's one of the hardest things to predict. You know, a lot of times these guys in AU ball in high school, they they're told they could do whatever they want, um, and and they do it, and then they get to college, and everything changes, and and the whole game is just different. Um, so, um, you know, it, it, it's some of those guys come to mind. I'm sure there's others. 
Um, it's an interesting conversation to have for sure. Next question comes from my guy, Kaz. Has Arizona recruiting returned to the high level we all expect? Uh, we'll find out. I mean, look, you know, it's, I know why you're asking that. It's because Arizona went the international route. But, you know, the, they still landed top 50 guys. Like, Tubelis is still a top 50 guy, if not better. I, I think he's better. I think 24-7 as a network um, has him a little underrated. I know there was some disagreement with his ranking and all that. But um, it, it was never going to be a situation where Arizona turns down elite players. I, I think they have to do a mix. It's not like Peyton Watson is calling and saying, I want to commit, and Sean Miller's like, no, man, you're too highly rated. You know, it's like Paula Benchero is going to call and be like, hey, I want to commit. And Sean Miller's like, nah, we're only going to have you for a year. No, they're taking those guys. But you're also trying to get a guy like, say, DeMarco Dunn, who's not a one-and-done uh, type of player. That you, you got to kind of mix them. You can't have the situation, in my opinion at least, where you go, you take four guys, and three of them leave. It, it's hard to do. Now, if you take a couple one-and-dones and you add a guy like Jemima Shack or DeMarco Dunn or players like that that are going to be in college for two, three years, that's a good situation to have. But if you're replacing three, four guys every year, um, I, I don't think Arizona wants to do that anymore. But this idea of them not recruiting highly ranked players uh, was kind of false. They're always going to try to get elite players because the reality is that's that's how you win. You have a kind of a, a, a nice mixture. Uh, next question comes from Ray. Given one of two of these two choices, would you rather college basketball play a short and mostly conference only season beginning in January and holding most of the current schedule and timing or play a fuller season shifted into the spring and into the summer? Uh, I would always more basketball is the better. That's, that's just I mean, you know, I, I think that I, I don't, conference games are fun. It's what wins you, you know, conference championship, conference games, etc. But the reality is everyone complains about out-of-conference schedules and not playing the big boys and stuff for a reason. You want to see those games. And so to me, I don't mind coming into June. It keeps me busy. You know, I'm all for it. Spring football, I'm fine with it. Um, as long as there's college sports and as much college sports as I can get, that's what I want. And, and so, like, with college football, even though I don't think they're going to have a season, some of the conferences are going to are, are discussing a, you know, 10-game conference, SEC, for instance, and ACC, 10-game conference, and then plus one. And so, like, the plus one would be a rivalry game, like Clemson would play South Carolina. Um, it's hard to do with Arizona because there's only Grand Canyon and, and NAU, but, um, you know, more football, more basketball, the better. So I'm always going to choose uh, more. Um, next question. SW Arizona 21, are you expecting the 2021 class to go similar to this year with the small class of the early signing period? That all depends on the players. Um, I, I think a lot of that is, it, I mentioned this before, but 2020 was a really weird class out West. I mean, you had guys like Namari Burnett, Josh Christopher, et cetera, where um, they were good, but Arizona really never got that involved because there were issues or, or some hesitation. And um, that always depends on the kid. Um, you know, as of now with COVID and all that, I expect a lot of kids to decide later on in the process. Um, you know, it's interesting because football, they're deciding early in the process um, because I think that a lot of kids are getting scholarships to schools that, frankly, um, they may not be good enough to play at, but it's hard to evaluate. Whereas basketball, you want to go see AAU, you want to take your visits, etc., um, these kids can't take visits. There's no AAU. A lot of these co coaches are going off high school tape because the development in basketball is different than the development in football. Um, and, and the AAU ball is different than high school ball. And in football, 
you go off, you know, the junior film. That's fine for you in football. You want to see guys in person, but you go off film and football because you're taking so many guys. Basketball, you're a bit more careful. You want to see these guys in, in person. These players want to see your school. So I think it's going to slow down and, and we're going to see more um, commitments in the spring. Uh, next question, M single 40. How many players could you see declaring for the draft after this year? Uh, complete crapshoot. I mean, really is. Uh, my guess would be one or two, but then you're talking transfer, etc. It's just hard to say. I think Tubelis to me is a one and done. I think Benefic Mathurin, if, if he meets his potential, is a one and done type of player. Um, and then, you know, if Tubelis leaves, does his brother leave, that, that type of situation. Dalen Terry, to me, is not a one and done. But, you know, I've said this before, you don't have to be good enough to play in the NBA in order to declare for the draft. And I'm not saying Dalen Terry isn't good. I, I think he's really good. I think Mathurin's good as well. Um, the, the situation to me is that, you know, um, you don't always have to be good enough. Now, out of those three who probably, you know, should stay in college, Mathurin and Terry, you know, I haven't seen him, but I would assume that they'd benefit. Tubelis is a guy where, to me, I really, really like him. If he's one and done, I, I wouldn't be surprised um, at all. Next question, Lazona1233, projected starting five, expected roles, projected minutes. I'll, uh, I'll write an article on that. Really hard to do right now because the kids aren't on campus and there's not a lot to go out to, but um, I, will, uh, I, I will write an article on that and, and kind of get back to you guys. Um, next question belongs to AZ Grad. What is the current status of workouts for student-athletes? Uh, well, right now it's suspended. I, I Well, I shouldn't say suspended. If they're on campus, the football players, they're working out. Um, but it's not the stuff where the coaches are able to work out with them. With basketball especially, it's a lot of Zoom meetings. The international players aren't on campus. You're missing half the team right now. Um, most of these guys, they're, they're not on campus right now. And the focus was getting football and other spring, um, at, or, sorry, other fall athletes on campus. Um, so right now it's kind of up in the air. The, the football players are doing voluntary stuff. Um, I know Grant Gunnell's called a couple throwing sessions with his receivers and the other quarterbacks, but it's not going to be anything detailed. They're mostly lifting weights and, and things like that. Um, AZ, AZ Cats has the next question on paper. What's Arizona's biggest strength and weakness for next year's basketball team? Um, I would say strength to me is versatility. Uh, I like Mathurin and Dalen Terry, the fact that they could play numerous positions. Terrell Brown could play numerous positions. Akinjo could play on and off the ball. Tizellis could play the four and the five. Same with Jordan Brown. I like the overall versatility and the length on the perimeter with the wings. The weakness for me is probably, um, you know, again, it, it's hard to say, but I don't, I'm not great on the guard depth. I like Kirk Krissa. Um, I think he's going to be good. Um, I, I like Akinjo. I think he's going to be solid. I'm iffy on Terrell Brown, and I'm iffy on Jamal Baker. Um, I think one of those guys will need to step up. If not, the guard depth won't be what you want it to be as an Arizona, especially when you consider the fact that Arizona ideally wants to play multiple guards, doesn't want to just go, you know, what you would be used to seeing Arizona do. They want to play two-point guards, line us with Akinjo and Krissa, or, you know, Akinjo and Baker, Krissa, Baker, Krissa, Brown, etc. If a guy like Baker or Brown don't step up, um, to me, it's, it's difficult. So to me, weakness is overall guard depth. Um, I think the front court, front court has plenty of depth. Scoring, I, I think, will be interesting. Jordan Brown's not a big scorer. I think Akinjo and Terrell Brown could score. But beyond that, um, is Dalen Terry going to step up? Is Mathurin going to step up? 
How good offensively will Tubelis be right away in terms of points? I think he'll be fine, um, but scoring will also be uh, an interesting uh, situation. Also, rank these in order of what do you want to do most. Interview Dick Vitale, spend a whole day with Bill Walton, or stop being asked about Bijan Cortez. Uh, I would love to interview Dick Vitale. Um, I tried to do it. He said, let's do it during the season. And I think he's trying to get the season canceled so he doesn't have to interview with me. But I would love to do it. Um, He said that he would only talk straight up basketball, no FBI questions with me or any of that stuff, um, which to me is completely pointless. So that's kind of why we never did it. Um, Who has the highest vertical on the basketball team? Arizona Net asked that. Uh, I will ask. It's probably changing because a lot of the guys uh, aren't on campus. I'm not sure if they've tested that officially. Obviously, they haven't on campus yet. Uh, so I will get uh, back to you. Next question, Dirty Cash. Why, when you search 1290 AM Twitter, Jason's pick is right there uh, because I am a weekly guest. Um, you know, there's no word about me hosting or anything like that. Um, you never know. We'll see. But as of now, it's not something that, like, I'm guaranteed to move in there or anything like that. I just happen to be a weekly guest. Hopefully I'll, I'll be able to, to get back on the radio soon because I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, next question comes from point forward you, if we get a one year postseason ban of the season, the season doesn't happen. Are we clear for future seasons? Yeah. Georgia tech shout out to them because they, that's pretty much what they did. Um, it, the thing is, if you get a one year postseason ban, uh, that happened before the tournament got canceled. So I don't know if it would work if say, you know, the season is canceled and Arizona gets a postseason ban, and they're just like, yep, here we go. I don't know if that would work. With Georgia Tech, it was, yeah, we'll take the postseason ban this year, and then the tournament got canceled, and so they worked out. I doubt that the NCAA would say, hey, look, there is no tournament, you're off. Like, you're good now. I I just can't see it. It's not a real punishment to me. I'd be really surprised. I could see colleges taking that argument, but the reality is with the appeals process and all that, Arizona's not going to find out their punishment for a while anyway. Um, so I don't even know if Arizona would find out their punishment before the season actually began or any of that stuff. So um, it, it, it's difficult, but I, I doubt the NCAA uh, would just let schools kind of get off like that. Next question, uh, Cats23, does California shutting back down have any impact? Yeah, uh, but I would say that for every state. Like the, the rising numbers in Arizona and Utah have an impact. California, um, USC is trying to fight it, but they said that indoor gyms, including USC, are closed and so that those type of workouts are postponed this is going to be a state-by-state thing anytime you hear bad news out of state whether it's california arizona in the south whatever it may be um it's it's not good you know ideally you want good news from the states because those are the ones guiding it it's not the ncaa the ncaa while they can give you their guidance and their rules and all that crap uh, at the end of the day it's going to be up to the states the local governments etc to kind of make those decisions for schools uh, next question comes from Ray again. What is your sense of how much the women's basketball staff has helped the men's basketball staff? Not a lot. Um, I know that's a hot story and people want to think that idea Barnes is recruiting for men and women right now, but, um, Jack Murphy had good connections and that's been mostly the, uh, the, the uptick in international recruiting for men. Um, I, I'm sure they talk once in a while, um, but it's going to be their own connections. I mean, Joe Pasternick had his connections, uh, um, Mark Phelps had his connections. And, and so there may be discussions among the coaches, but um, I, it's not like a help necessarily, to, at least from what I've heard. Next question, Nash Cats. When in the world were, will James Akinjo get his wafer? Uh, never. 
No, I, I have no idea. I just, it's like, um, I'm convinced that the NCAA helps Arizona in absolutely no regard. I mean, you got guys figuring out their waivers in a week. You got James Akinjo still waiting. Now, to be fair, his situation is different because he transferred midseason. I think if he transferred after the season and had played, he would have already had the answer. But they're probably looking at everything, why he transferred and all that. It's taken a while, and obviously there's other issues going on. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's the NCAA. I have no idea. Um, I would be guessing, so um, I, I really don't know. Sooner the better is obviously the uh, the hope. Who is your favorite 2022 recruit that Arizona is going after? Man, um, I'll be honest. I haven't seen all the 2022 recruits because, you know, normally I, I would see them now. <laughs> I would see them during the summer, and, and that's what I would be doing. Um, a couple guys, though, I'll, I'll say stand out to me. Dylan Andrews is really, really good. Um, I think he's a guy that um, Arizona, you know, should be aggressive with. Kajani Wright is a really good power forward. Um, you know, it, those are two guys where obviously your top 10 players are, you know, Dylan Andrews, I think is top 20. Um, it's kind of a, a no-brainer situation. Uh, one guy that I think people should pay more attention to is Shaheen Parm. Um, he's a guy, 6'1 point guard. Arizona just offered his only other offers NAU. Um, but people I trust have told me that he's really good and, and it's an easy offer to make. And he's the type of player where if he was playing this summer, um, you know, more people would, would be offering him, more teams would be offering him. And, and Arizona did a good job kind of getting ahead um, of the curve there with the offer. So a um, few more questions or one more. Uh, does Miller's offense ever include legitimate screens? Yeah, it, it is. Um, I know why you're asking that. It's it's a different kind of offense. Um, but, yeah, it, there's legitimate screens. Um, it's not for show or anything like that. There may be some fake screens or some kind of weaker screens. But um, there's absolutely real screens, especially on out-of-bounds plays. Um, and, and so that is a part of the offense. Um, so that will kind of wrap it up for, for this week. Um, again, we, with football, I know we got stuff to talk about Tony Fields, some recent commitments, basketball, you know, more news is better, I guess, unless it's the NOA. Although I think a lot of us already want the NOA to kind of get out of the way and get here so we could talk about it. But, um, I appreciate you for, uh, for joining us once again, I'm senior editor of Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear, and this has been the Wildcat Scoop podcast. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.